right. Um, okay, so I, I think some of you know I was on retreat last week for a few days, and um, what I came out of the retreat with was, as I've as I've um, mentioned as going into the meditation, um, the idea of reciproc of receiving. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with the word of receptivity of receiving, of being open and just being open to what is instead of this place of um, uh, reaction, reactivity, which is where we usually work from the automatic responses, the automatic reaction to whatever the experience is. And this practice is about being more receptive, about opening up and letting go of those defenses and shifting our perspective and our relationship to experience, which is a, a baseline of what we're doing. The meditation is a practice that allows us to carry this shift in perspective and shift in reactivity into our lives, into how we move through the world. Um, when we're not paying attention, we're reactive. And it's funny, what I was thinking of as I was looking at this talk today was swatting flies. And Donna, you had the, you know, the shaking of the bug crawling on you. And it's, it's, it's not even something we think about much of the time. I mean, when you're in practice, you do. When you're in meditation and there's something crawling on you, a lot of times I know I have the conversation, how long can I stay here? How, how long can I hold this, you know, without, you know, flinging it off? Um, but oftentimes we're just walking around swatting flies without a, a clear uh, awareness of it. Um, and we're not just doing that with flies. We're doing it with so many, so many things because they're unpleasant or we think they should be different from the way they are. Last Dharma talk, uh, last class I had before the retreat was a week ago Thursday, and I talked about darkness, and I talked about I talked about the dark night of the soul and challenges, and being willing to um, open up towards the difficulties and um, the darknesses are challenges, and and this being receptive is to be receptive to the difficulties as well, not just um, what we like. Um, the, uh, uh, the darkness is also, um, important because it's fertile ground. It's like, I don't know of any, I can't think of a lot of things in my life that I changed, um, without having to go through some challenge around it. I mean, big, big things, not, you know, changing what time I get up in the morning. Uh, things like that, but um, uh, really shifting some um, uh, unskillful practices, uh, being willing to let go of things that didn't serve me, ways of looking at the world, beliefs, um, ideas about you, ideas about me, ideas about this, ideas about that, um, beliefs, hardcore ideas, um, I don't know of any ones I got rid of without having to walk through really difficult um, periods and difficult experiences, um, the darkness, as they say. And 
in order to do that, you have to be willing to open up to the difficulties, be willing to um, not just do the normal pushing away of what we don't like or thinking things are a certain way. Um, we get stuck in samsara, we get stuck in this cycle of suffering and, and experiencing the same things over and over and over again. If we're, if we're caught in this reactivity, in this thinking it has to be a certain way or whatever the story is, it's not going to change. It's the willingness to stay put and feel. Ugh, feel the bugs crawling on us. Okay, we're going to stick with that one, I see. Be willing to stick with the bugs crawling on us to say, I have to go through this to get to the other side. There's no way around it. I've tried every way around it, and there's no way around it. I have to be willing to open up and stay put. Um, reactivity is habitual, so I can learn to change that habit, to shift that perspective. Um, and to do that, we begin to understand our suffering. The first noble truth is that there is suffering. There is pain. There is suffering in this world. That's just a given. You've all experienced it. Um, there's loss. There's grief. There's all these things. And then there's the suffering we create ourselves. There's the wonderful sutta about the second arrow. You know, there's the... Um, there's the suffering of humanity, of just being a human being, walking through this world. And then there's how we deal with it. Our reactivity, either um, our aversion, the actions we take to fight against what's happening, or our mental gymnastics, how we, how we um, create stories in our own mind. Like, we do something. Like I, I noticed the tendency. I said I tweaked my back yesterday. And for the most part, it's like, okay, my back is tweaked. I did this many, many years ago on a retreat, and all I could do was berate myself and call myself stupid and call myself a jerk because well, I didn't even, dumbass probably is what I said because that's how I like to refer to myself, blaming myself for doing something to getting getting into a predicament. And it's like, I, so, you know, if you, you can't help these things. I don't know what I did. It just happened. And I haven't had, I, so this is a, you know, I haven't had a, a, a found a need to berate myself because I've been saying, okay, it's like this. It's painful right now. It's painful to move this way. It's painful to do this. It was worse yesterday. It's much better today. But there's no need to blame. There's an opening to discomfort without a need to react to it, without a need to be aversive to the discomfort because what that does is it intensifies it and we double down on it. And we just continue it. We, we continue that cycle. That's the second arrow. That's the third arrow. That's the fourth arrow. And Ajahn Chah, who's that very wise Thai forest um, monk, um, said there's, there's suffering that leads to more suffering, which is when we react. And then there's suffering that leads to the end of suffering, which is the challenges that we look at and we go, okay, this is the way it is. How am I going to hold it? How am I going to hold it? And so we begin to understand. We have to see clearly. And when we begin to see clearly our reactivity, our pushing away, we begin to investigate the suffering like the instruction in the meditation. What is this? What is this? Oh, this is aversion to the reality. 
This is aversion to what is. Can I let go of the aversion and just investigate the difficulty? Investigate. Can I be maybe compassion to the discomfort? I um, Yeah, well, I don't go there anyway. But um, I was just going to go into more stories about how I would berate myself and not even take, you know, an, an ibuprofen because I'd have to tough it out or whatever. It's just insanity. Um, leads to unskillful thinking and behavior. So um, learning to recognize our suffering and learning to recognize how we react to the discomfort or the challenges we face. And a lot of the teachings point to this and offer us ways to do it. The hindrances are a way to see that. Um, they are, when we're caught up in the hindrances, which are greed and aversion and restlessness and worry and, and dullness and doubt, it's, those are habits. Those are habits, and we're caught in ideas of should. It should be quiet. It shouldn't hurt. This shouldn't be going on, or it should be going on. This should happen. That shouldn't. We're caught in shoulds, which is reactivity because of things we've learned, ways we've been con conditioned. Um, one of the teachers on the uh, retreat had a really uh, lovely way of talking about this, about the hindrances. And she was saying that when you are caught up in aversion, like if you're sitting in meditation and there's some loud noises and all you're doing is getting really annoyed at the noises. Um, you can't help that there's aversion. And what you need to recognize is that there's aversion, but can, instead of saying there shouldn't be loud noises, can you instead look at your um, craving for quiet? And say, can you let go? And so it's shifting it. It's like, oh, look, I am so stuck on the idea that it needs to be quiet when I meditate. That's causing this reaction of aversion. Can I let go of that idea, that, that thought that this should be this way? If we let go of those shoulds, then we're not going to be disappointed. Because if it turns out, whatever happens, whatever unfolds, this is, I love the idea of trust the unfolding, whatever unfolds, that's what you work with. And that second arrow is when you start moving into the shoulds. So to be totally open, recognize the hindrances. Oh, there's this aversion to what's happening. What am I hooked on? It's like patience, the, the teaching around patience. It's like you don't need patience unless you don't like what's actually happening. If you're fine with what's going on, you, you got all the patience in the world. It's when you're being impatient, it's like, oh, why am I being impatient? So you shift how you look at things. And when you shift how you look at things, sometimes you loosen stuff up and you're able to be more at ease. It doesn't mean it's any, it doesn't make it necessarily pleasant. It doesn't make it pleasant at all. But you can receive rather than fighting. Because there's what's happening and then there's the doubling down on it. As I always say, there's no winning a fistfight with reality. And so that phrase that one of my favorite phrases is like right now it's like this. This is a way to help yourself to be present. Right now it's like this. No judgment, 
this right now it's like this what is this oh it's unpleasant oh there's some aversion happening oh there's aversion arising why is that oh, there's jealousy what's the jealousy about what's the emotion i mean we begin to investigate everything what's happening right now oh there's sadness of course i'm sad oh there's anger all right can i be with it and when you're know when you're seeing what's present when you see there's anger when you see there's jealousy when you see there's sadness when you see there's joy then you don't just you're not driven by it um when we are unaware those emotions that reactivity calls the shots and we end up doing things saying things we don't want to do or say so just um slowing down Seeing it is, you know, just just pausing. It's, it doesn't mean we um, get over things right away. It doesn't mean we're never going to get caught up in aversion or craving or clinging. But what we do is begin to have the, these moments of clarity of saying, oh, I remember this. We have like an insight and then we have to cultivate the insight practice coming back that's why the, the the instructions are come back come back come back what's right here what's right here what's right here letting go of judgment it can't be it's not a mistake it's just you're we we are all so deeply conditioned we have these this vast library of books in our mind about shoulds and shouldn'ts and it's this way not that way and it's supposed to and and the good part is it changes all the time i mean at one point in our life it was okay to look this way or that way or this was this is what it had to look like and then you know and as we move around it's a different way and sometimes when we investigate this we have no idea why why do i even care about that i'm like getting all bent out of shape and angry and and steam's coming out of my ears, and if I stop and pause and investigate, I realize that I could care less. It's not a big deal. Not saying that there aren't big deals, but a lot of times, so much of our, our life is mundane um, inconveniences and, and things that just nibble at our heels that are unnecessary. And so sometimes we can just start with those little things. Sometimes it's the big things. I, I sometimes find that um, when it's the big things happening, when there's a death, when there's tragedy, when there's a pandemic, when there's, you know, sh huge shifts happening, I'm much more connected to how I'm responding or reacting. Because it's like a red light flashing, hello, big deal, this is a big deal, pay attention. Watch what's going on. It's when I'm walking around that I'm I'm often triggered or re much more reactive because I'm not paying attention because I'm like la di da di da di da, um, making up stories as I'm walking around. I found myself again today. I went for a walk. Um, this is about noon or one o'clock today, and some of you know that there's two gun stores right like couple of blocks away and I walked by all these people standing out online and I saw myself again today as I was a half a block away and these people were waiting outside most of them without masks and I'm waiting for them to 
I'm creating the scenario in my head how they're going to tell me how afraid I am because I'm wearing a mask and my response is going to be, oh, yeah, I'm not as scared enough to buy a gun. You know, all these crazy things in my head, like you're more scared than I am, blah, 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 blah. And it's like I walk by, they don't even notice I exist, but I'm like already geared up for this fight. And it's like the, 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 the body goes into this mode. The body doesn't know whether threats are real or not. The body responds to what's going on in the mind because that we exist in this world of thought. And so we have to slow it down. And I, luckily I noticed it and I only got, a little bit, my shoulders were only halfway up to my ears, and then I kind of let them go, and then I noticed nobody's paying attention, Mary, you're just walking by, and just, but watching that reactivity, that just, that reactivity that just goes in, and, and thankfully, I was paying attention, so we have to slow down, we have to recognize, and recognize that it takes time, this stuff takes patience, it takes patience, um, it takes kindness towards ourselves, it takes a lot of compassion towards ourselves and others. Um, it takes a willingness to be uncomfortable. Um, what's also helpful is to understand the teaching around the, the, uh, the uh, nature of existence, the three characteristics that things are impermanent. You know, everything changes. Nothing is permanent. The only permanence is created in our mind. Stability is an illusion that we create. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, it helps us. We have to, you know, I need a house and this and that, but the, um, it's just in the mind. Everything ends at some point or another. Everything changes. Um, stability is just a mental formation. And that every there is um, um, dukkha, which is discomfort, suffering. And, and um, there is going to be discomfort. There's, there's always this thing in my mind or in our minds that if there's, there's a place that we're going to get to, and once we get to that, then it's going to be okay. And it's a lot of times it's not even um, so conscious. I found it, um, I find myself still thinking those ways, not in any grandiose way, but when the, when the pandemic started, um, I, mean, I, I know I was thinking about this today, too, because I, I facilitate a year to live group and they're they're down to 58 days. They've only got 58 days left to live. It's the practice of living a year as though it's the last year of your life. And so I was reflecting on what I was going to talk about in the group tomorrow. And it's this idea that we are have to get to a certain place. And a lot of times when people are nearing the end of their life, it's, there's a lot of churning that they haven't accomplished or they haven't arrived yet where they're supposed to go or what they're supposed to do. And that's a false idea. That's a fixed idea or a false idea that we have that causes a lot of sadness, a lot of suffering that's really unnecessary. So this, this, this class is a practice of letting go and compassion and kindness. And, and as I was thinking about it today, I was thinking at the, um, 
at the beginning of the pandemic, this happens at the beginning of the practice of a year to live, but it's very similar to the beginning of the pandemic. All these people were like, I've got all this time. I'm going to clean out my closets. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I haven't done anything. I thought I would do that. Um, and I haven't done a thing. I made a list a few months ago of things I want to do. And I looked at it the other day and I went, nah, I haven't done a thing. But my mind says, once I get those, once I cross everything off my list, then. Once that happens, then. Then there'll be some magic place that I'll feel, okay, then I can start my life. Or something, you know. It's just, it's just extraordinary. There is no there there. There's only right here, and I'm either doing it or I'm not doing it. And when there's discomfort and 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 kind of a, a dissatisfaction in my gut, this like, because I can start up, Mary, you, how come you haven't done this? Blah 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 blah. It's like, it's just something I made. I put some ink on a piece of paper, and now it's a, a holding it over my head. And it's like, it's all made up. It's all made up. But we do that all the time with so much stuff. So this continually letting go, watching the mind, it's so much the mind. And this is a practice of letting go of the thinking, letting go of the mind, and just being receptive, seeing your reactivity, recognizing it, beginning to understand it. Oh, here's the habits. This is the fourth foundation of mindfulness is when you begin to recognize those habits of mind. The places you get stuck, the things that, that, that catch where you have this tendency to cling or tendency to push away. What are your stories? You know, that takes some willingness to go into the darkness, to be willing to open up to those those shadowy things those and have those insights about ourselves of like, oh, maybe I'm not so nice or whatever. Um, but it takes it takes a willingness to be still and to be open to the to the messiness. There's no place that isn't messy. It's all messy. So just say, yay, hello, mess. Have a seat. Um, we live in a creative world of thought. And the mind is always constructing things. And meditation is the world of experience. What is actually going on? Which is why the invitation is to drop out of the thinking mind and into the experiential world. What is actually this happening in this moment? And tend to that. That's equanimity. Tending appropriately to what's going on. Tending to sadness that's here. Tending to joy that's here. And, and we don't do it until we calm the mind. You know, getting to that still forest pool, making space for what's deeply inside to arise. Um, yeah, see how we create the world and let it go. And we don't do that until we learn to still and be still and open up to be willing to just be receptive. And it takes time. Um, it, it's uh, in the insight, um, there's the three uh, pieces of insight and it's the um, 
starts with the intellectual understanding or intellectual investigation of this type of thing saying okay I'm, I'm game I'm willing to uh, believe that a lot of my problems or a lot of the things going on are just habits and that I create a lot of these scenarios that cause me discomfort or um, um, unhappiness and then it gets a little further down and you're able to say oh I saw where my inability to let go of of needing that particular thing of that that clenching that holding on I um, I am a good holder honor I have held on to relationships I've held on to jobs I've held on to lots of things way longer than was good for me or good for the other folks involved because I was terrified to let go terrified to let go so so to recognize that and to connect with that fear and say ah I see where I caused that my own suffering to recognize the experience of it is the 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 growth of insight and then you get to a place where it's like oh the fear is arising and you are with it as it's there and then you don't react but you respond you you react more wisely and skillfully in a way that doesn't cause harm to you or others in spite of the fear you don't need to make the fear go away you don't need to make the anger or 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 whatever it is go away but you're not driven by it blindly you see it you can be with it because you're open to anything and you have clarity and you move wisely it's a journey it's a journey of insight it's a journey of wisdom coupled with compassion and kindness because it's all about being kind and holding all of this with kindness there's no judgment this is the human condition that we all struggle with we develop empathy along the way to this uh, this this recognition of our own humanity and suffering allows us to recognize the humanity in others and so there's that that natural um, um, upswelling of, of loving kindness and compassion for others sometimes supplemented by the practices because we need that too but um, it's a it's a natural it's a natural uh, uh, awakening so these are these are some of the the thoughts that have bumping been bumping around in my mind out of the retreat and, and in my experience and um, and I think what's a, a, a helpful question is to uh, ask yourselves what gets in the way what gets in the way of you um, letting go of being open oftentimes it's fear um, much of the time it's fear like I, my one of my favorite quotes from from 12-step literature is that everything fear boils down to um, losing something you have or not getting something you want and I think that's your your basic uh, noble truths right there craving for pleasure or you know not wanting it to be uncomfortable second noble truth that's why we suffer because we are just driven by this it's not going to be okay it's going to hurt or whatever it is so that's the invitation and that's all i got to say
Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.